Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. All right, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave, and we have a special guest that I'll introduce in just a moment. But first, Mike, how are you? Oh, you got to put me on the spot, Dave. I had my uh, yes. I had my uh, mute on, so um, it, it was a great weekend. Uh, Friday, I uh, had my proud dad moment. Um, my boy, uh, nine years old, uh, Lucas, um, got uh, brought up to um, U12, um, and uh, it's a, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, we have this, uh, it's a uh, youth academy um, that he plays for. Um, they're basically a feeder program for uh, University of Vermont soccer team, but um, he got brought up to U12. He's a little dude. He's really super fast, but... Um, he was uh, he was pretty excited about the opportunity, and um, so he went and he played his U10 game first, and then got got over to his U12 game, played all 60 minutes, didn't sub out at all because a couple of kids had COVID, um, and uh, scored uh, three goals. Nice in his debut in his debut. So that was uh, that's that's pretty awesome. He's uh, he's had a really uh, really fun time switching over from wing to, to striker um just making those runs using his speed but so that was the, my proud dad moment with uh with him and then I had another proud dad moment with my daughter who's 12 um has just taken up this anti-bullying initiative and uh she's uh you know it's kind of funny because like just a few weeks ago it was like she's this little tiny girl you know just quiet little tiny girl and now she's now she's got her cause, you know, she's found her cause and her personality's kind of blooming and it's just, it's pretty neat to watch. So, um, proud dad moments all weekend. Well and today, done, it's, today it's just fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, well done. You sure that fast athletic kid is yours? Like, do we know that that's, that's <laughs> legit? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm slow as shit, dude. <laughs> Your wife must be fast, man. I, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Steve, how are you? Oh, not too bad. You know, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, we got our, our son who is 18 months, a nice little slide indoors, uh, just so that honestly, he had something to do that wasn't driving us nuts all day. Um, but he's more interested in the stairs going up and down rather than sliding. So he'll he'll walk the three steps up to the top, sit there for a while, then turn around and just walk straight back down. It's like, all right, buddy. But, you know, you you can use the other side, too. Uh, he doesn't seem interested in, in that as much, but Hey, you know, this kid's taking his steps and mm -hmm. if, if that's, what's going to keep him out of our hair for a while, so we can, you know, just catch, catch a breather and get some stuff done, then I'll, I'll take it. Uh, we also counted and he's got like 50 or so books downstairs that he just will pull them out, bring them over and wants us to read through them. So yeah, pretty pleased with, uh, you know, a little 18 month old and, uh, what he's developing into so far trust me man he will be 18 years old uh in, a, in the blink of an eye so uh good he enjoy. can start earning some good. money he can earn money and hey, drive rent. himself that is a good thing it absolutely <laughs> is a good thing and hey we've got we've got a guest with us i'm i'm excited to uh to announce that we have flav from the fighting cock with us today and uh flav it's a pleasure to have you i want to just just by way of quick introduction i don't know how appropriate this is but you know as far as spurs podcasts go um you and your guys were kind of the gateway drug for me, man. Like I just, you know, just started listening. I have this fond memory um, with my son who was probably 15 or 16 at the time listening in the car to, to 
one of your podcasts, which went down, you know, a road that you don't necessarily listen to with your teenage son, right? Right. And, uh, Sorry we, about that. Yeah. Uh, it's all good because <laughs> we had we had one of those fantastic moments of like, yeah, yeah, um, we're, we're just going to keep that one to ourselves, buddy, you know. <laughs> but Flab, yeah. we're, we're happy to have you, man. Thank you for taking the time. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having us on. It's, uh, I don't have any proud dad moments I've got at the moment, uh, although it's they've just been generally six out of ten all weekend, so it's all good. Um, yeah, I was just trying to think of things that I could potentially say uh, that would relate because obviously I've I'm fascinated by how big Spurs are over there, and you know you you guys are in Vermont, and for me like uh, the connection between Tottenham and um, a place like Vermont is just it's never even entered my enters my enters my head, and it's just an incredible thing. It's an amazing thing, and I know how early you guys have got to get up to watch the game and. And there's sometimes I, I I think I can't be I, like especially under Nuno or um, Jose Mourinho I just thought I can't even be fucking bothered to watch this let alone you have to because it's your team and you have got to do it but let alone getting up at God knows what time to watch it so uh, hats off salute yeah thank you you know for us the earliest ones are the seven thirty a.m.s but uh, we, we're on the east coast so you know you, you translate that to somebody in california at 4 30 a.m it's a yeah whole whole different ball game but today was right. nine o'clock it was it was it was easy today we were a couple of cups of coffee and, and a little <laughs> bit of food so all good That's hey flab okay. I, I i'd love to know um and i'm sure you've told this story before but uh, I apologize for being ignorant to it. Could fun. you talk a little bit about just the the origins of the fighting cock? You've been you've been at this for like eleven or twelve years, I think. Um, yeah. how, how did that start for you? What did that look like? Um, it was essentially so at the time there was only there was there was two other Spurs podcasts. There was a Spurs show, which I'm sure you know, and, and there's another one that doesn't exist anymore. I think it was called Cock and Ball or Cock, Cock and Ball podcast. And I never listened to that to be fair, but I always used to listen to the Spurs show. And it just came to, I just, it, they, they didn't represent the way I followed Spurs. Do you know what I mean? My experiences of going to Spurs at the time were a little bit, I was, you know, I was relatively, I was in my late 20s. And um, there was, you know, all the trappings of going out, having a bit of disposable income, going football, going out after football. That was the sort of culture that I understand, I understood it to be. And the Spurs show, as great as it was, was just a little bit, too old for me it wasn't it's not like I didn't get it I did it's just that like, I was still like I was there was something else out there there was a different group that need, that, that, that could be talked about or at least given the opportunity to speak about so I, I my little brother is like a sound engineer so I knew I could produce it because I had him and I had mates that we we just all got on and we make made each other laugh and we still do to this day so I just thought it'd be good to turn let's let's create a podcast for ourselves Let's do it and let's talk about all the things that we want to talk about and all the stupid stuff you hear on the pod. Less so now. I think we matured a little bit out of it, a little bit. But back in the day, in the early days, it was, I mean, some of the stuff we said, there's a couple of episodes we actually had to delete because they would be really problematic now. But at the time, we didn't really care. It was, we didn't really think anyone was listening, right? So you just, when you're, when you're in a bit, when you don't have any inhibitions and when you're just talking to your mates after a few beers, that's what it felt like. You forget that people are, are, are listening. Anyway, so um, we didn't know how many people were listening. And then it, it turned out that there was a fair few and we just continued to build in that way, really. But it was just four or five of us with a microphone sat in a pub talking about Spurs, having a laugh with each other. That was fundamentally what it was. Um, 
and that's what we've been doing for 11 years and then obviously a couple of years ago I decided to leave my job and make it my job fundamentally so um yeah that's kind of how that's kind of how it how it happened it's not a really exciting story to be honest but the po- there wasn't there was no podcast community then you had podcasts but it was a small thing it wasn't people weren't really listening to them and luckily enough it exploded right and the crest of the wave we, we were carried along with the crest of the wave of popularity as people got interested in podcasts naturally they're going to want to find spurs podcasts if they are spurs fans as, as much as it is about the podcast being all right and good and some people enjoy listening to it, it was also, we were really lucky because we were, we came out at the right time, if that makes sense. It was just, if we started now, we wouldn't, it would be impossible really because there's just impossible to get to where we are now, if that makes sense. So That's if, um, it's, it, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's so saturated. There's so many podcasts. I'm talking to Vermont Spurs podcast, right? The idea of that that ten years ago is was inconceivable, so um, yeah, like it, there's 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 and it's it's good because there's lots of choice and whatnot. But we were lucky because we were there at the very beginning, and 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 it, that it's as much that as us being a good podcast. I think. Yeah, thanks for that. I assume um, a couple of years ago when COVID hit, you went to kind of a remote operation, and I'm guessing you probably still do that. Do you see yeah. yourself ever going back to like everybody getting together in person at a pub, or will you? I say- hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it's unlikely that that would be regularly what we do now, because fundamentally it was great to to meet up. But Ricky lives in Milton Keynes. I live in Wiltshire, which is two hours away from London. Um, all the rest of the boys are sort of spread out. They've got families now. It's just not as this is just much more convenient. And through lockdown, everybody became used to remote podcasts. And it was always a thing of ours like we should be in the same room together. We have to be because that's where the kind of chemistry lies. But I don't think it makes that much difference. And it certainly hasn't impacted how many people listen to the pod. It's made zero difference at all. So just out of convenience, I don't think we will be back in a room regularly anytime soon. Very good. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. It's all right. Hey, let's Ask get to... whatever you want. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about this week. Uh, Steve, I'm going to let you pick. Are we going back to Chelsea or are we going to talk about today first? What's your, what's your pleasure? Oh, God, two dumpster fires. Uh, <laughs> Steve, Steve you know, has been wanting to talk about this morning he has. before the game. <laughs> to be do, fair. You want to do today, Steve? All right. I, all I right. guess we can start with today. I mean, yeah, we, uh, like, just one quick note about Chelsea. I think most of us felt that was the result that was going to happen it's still unfortunate in the way that it happened. And, you know, maybe another day we could have gotten something, but uh, no, I want to talk about today. Today's, I mean, when that lineup came up, I was probably the most pessimistic guy in our group chat who was just thinking like, Oh, great. You know, it's here comes, you know, shop window FC, just everybody who's trying to get their way out the door. Uh, uh, You know, I had zero expectations for any of them. Well, to be fair, I like, I like Hill. Um, and Davies hasn't let me down. Winks, I love Harry Winks. Now. Re- Just, Renaissance, yeah. You love him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there were a couple guys out there who I thought, all right, you know, you got to play these guys. You can't just throw just anybody out there. Although, you know, I think as we were watching that first half, especially me, I, I was just thinking, you know, is there anybody in the stand that you can go and just like, hey, can you play center mid? Like, 
just run around for a bit, do something. It's better than what we got going on out there. Um, but you know, uh, we got the result. Conte knew exactly who needed to plug in and where. Um, and and you know, I thought it was a little late for the subs, but it it all worked out. So you know, in, in Conte we trust. Um, but for me, the the biggest pain point that I have is is Ndombele. Dude's got all the talent in the world, but he just couldn't be fucking bothered to do anything. He's, you know, walking around. He was very careless on the ball, um, you know, lazy in his movement. Did it, it, it almost like he was playing as if he felt he was better than the game. Uh, and I know a bunch of people, uh, you know, since it ended a few hours ago have been, you know, rightly so calling him out um, and, and referencing a comment that Conte made about how he needs to be fighting for the team, not for himself. And again, this is another game where I just, I just didn't feel it from him. He felt like he couldn't be bothered. And honestly, you know, this is a guy who's come out and said, you know, Oh, I, I want to move to Bayern. I want to move to Madrid or Barcelona. It's like, you can't even play with Morgan. Like you got to fucking do something to prove that you're good enough. You know, maybe move into Spain or Italy, you know, where, you don't need everybody to pressure 90 minutes at a time might suit him a bit better. Maybe somebody's willing to take a risk, but you know, if I'm a scout for a big name club like that, like a, like a Bayern or, or a Madrid, and I'm looking at the types of performances this dude puts out, you know, whenever he gets the chance, I don't want to take a risk on that. Like I'd rather pick somebody else who may not be as, you know, talented just naturally, but is willing to put the effort in. Um, so it's not so much that, that we really frankly sucked for a while. It's that we sucked and he wasn't even trying. Um, so again, Conte managed to turn things around and I'm sure there's going to be some sort of severe repercussions for him. You know, Conte's not the type of manager to let that slide, but it's just, you know, when your own fans are booing you all the way down the tunnel after you've been subbed off, you know, you're really fucked up. Like, you literally walk off the pitch, right? That, yeah, that's I don't know. If, I, I don't know if you guys saw this. I meant to share it uh, before my son got up from his nap, but uh, I, there was a picture um, that I saw on Reddit of, you know, him making his way past Conte. You could see son looking disgusted and then Dyer and Romero both staring daggers at him like they were going to, you know, sneak off into the locker room and just beat the shit out of him uh, for, for what he just did. Um, Dyer in particular, he looks pissed. Uh, so I'm uh, curious to see what comes of that over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully it's a transfer for him away because, you know, I, I, I'm kind of over him at this point. Hey, Flav, you should know Steve's our te- our tactics guy. And so for him to talk about how he felt about Ndombele, that's that's monstrous. So that that's good, Steve. Way to go, man. <laughs> um, yeah, he was uh, – it was unacceptable the way uh, he walked off the pitch. He, uh, the difference between him and Ryan Hill – uh, sorry, Brian Hill, that he, where he ran off because he understood we were 1-0 down against Morecambe and then we were being embarrassed. And the, you saw in that action, doesn't matter. I you know Ndombele doesn't say much anyway, but in his actions, we saw where his priorities lie. And, and then that's essentially with him. He was pissed off about... He was either pissed off or indifferent. And, and both of them are, are as bad as each other about having to be brought off. Your job, once you've been subbed, is to get off that. If we're losing, get off that pitch as quickly as possible. And the re- he wasn't—he wasn't being booed because of his performance. I have never, ever—I don't think ever heard a player at Spurs being booed because 
they weren't very good in the game. There's been instances where you think their attitude isn't correct and they're not, they're not pulling in the right direction for Tottenham. And in that instance, there may have been some 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 boos or, or whatnot. But typically, if a player has a bad game, they don't get booed off the pitch ever. The reason why the booze started was because he was he didn't give a shit about getting off. He was either frustrated, like I say, or indifferent. And that's not acceptable. It doesn't matter how, how good you are, how how um how important you think you are, where you think your career is gonna go. Fundamentally, you have to do the very basic stuff right, the, the, the decent thing to do. All the Spurs fans cared about was winning that game. And in that moment, it didn't seem like he gave a shit whether Spurs won. It was just his time was off. And um, I'm, I'm with you, Stephen. I'm, I'm, I don't care if I've never seen him play for Spurs ever again. Um, and I absolutely think his ceiling is so high. He's got everything he needs to be an absolutely incredible footballer, except what's going on in his head. Is the most important part, without question. It's a massive part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike, what did you see today? What did you, what did you think about what you saw? Um, you know, for most of the for most of the match, I didn't even know that Tangy was on the was on the pitch right there. It was just, it was his. It, I mean, I'm not going to go too much further into it because I mean, why well, fucking beat down the guy who doesn't want to be there? If he doesn't want to be there, I mean, we don't need to talk about him. Um, what I would like to talk about in this game though is, um, that we're still we're still finding ourselves tactically in a spot where we can't break down a defense that's that's sitting in a mid to low block or low block and and <clears throat> that's problematic i think uh you know offensively we had some tactics that were that that could have worked they just we just didn't have the right personnel in there i mean lots of times you'd see uh the ball go out of the wing and you and you see jaffet jaffet darting uh darting off into the corner to take a pass um he can't get back quick enough to defend in that situation um but he jaffet had a really really tough game in my opinion um he wasn't playing on the ball well he wasn't marking his man well um his his tackles were kind of kind of half-assed tackles um you know i mean so it is what it is the first 68 minutes were pretty shit we should have we, we should have bossed that game even with the even with the players we had out there um <clears throat> you know winks can't be a one-man midfield it, you know Deli alley didn't seem like he could be bothered either at points i i think he that nice hit that cute little uh heel flick that he that he tried to try to put in was was nice um however you know, that's the kind of shit you used to see from old Delhi, not 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 this Delhi, um, this dreadlock Delhi. But when obviously when everything turned around was when we put our subs on. And again, I'm a I'm a Lucas apologist, and um, I'm going to continue to say that the guy brings some sort of crazy energy to the to the field. Every single time he's out there, whether he's dribbling in the dudes and losing the ball. Um, but it just seems that this year he's got a, dip, a renewed sense of purpose. Uh, he knows he's going to be relied upon. So that's big for him, I think. Um, that goal of his was was phenomenal. Um, just on the part of Harry Kane uh, to, to block out the defender. Um, it was it was a classic. It was a classic kind of uh, pick and roll type of a move. And uh, and Lucas 
stayed pretty pretty collected through that whole through that whole situation through the through the entire sequence um getting the goalie to bite and then kind of just going around him and popping it in like like he's at practice i mean but it also speaks to the fact that you know when we get those are the guys that are going to carry us through this season um so skippy skippy put in another shift today which was great um but if those are the guys that are going to carry us through the season, you have to have guys that are going to be able to back those guys up. It's and we don't have it right now. You know, it just this just shows you that we can't even field a a, a team of replacements that would compete in League One. You really take issue with Delhi's dreadlocks? Is that what I heard? No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing. <laughs> I know I saw you laughing, dude. I'm not a. I'm, I'm, Jesus I'm just, Christ. I'm just asking the question. It's uh, what I heard. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a haircut. Uh, I'm, I, I don't get angry at haircuts. Often, Mike, do, except do for Abami. Abami Yang's got that stupid <laughs> fucking flow. About that. Yeah, I agree with that. You're, you're right on Abami. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, I don't, I don't take issue with people's haircuts. I'm just saying I was comparing dreadlock Delhi, which is, which was the transformation last year, to previous Delhi with the cool, with the cool little afro flow, with the, with a nice little uh, uh fade, you know, underneath. The undercut afro. It, it, I, so two different delis. It's the uh, it's the theory of Delhi and Delhi's brother, right? It was a marker of time as opposed to a uh, hairstyle, basically. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. Hairstyle doesn't yeah. dictate how the how the dude on the field plays. Right? Fair, fair. All right. What are the thoughts that we have on today? We 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 focused on uh, guys who didn't show up. Anybody oh, see anything they like? Galini sucks. Get the fuck out of my club. Galini does suck. Yeah, Flav, what's your take on Galini? We we think he has concrete shoes on most of the time. What's what's your take? Yeah, there was there was one moment where he had to do something and he he made the wrong mis- decision where he had to come for the ball. Roden was expecting him to come, and there was a player up Roden's ass, and obviously he did the right thing and <clears throat> just smashing it out. Galini created that whole issue by not being not being able to read the read the pitch and be reactive if it was Loris that would have been in his arms um so and often goalkeepers get judged on their shot stopping and it, it may be that he's a good good shot stopper I don't know I'm, I don't remember him even saving the ball yet but he uh he's clearly a backup keeper it's a it's a bit confusing that he was even signed um but sometimes he's he, he looks like a novice basically <clears throat> he needs he need goalkeepers often will need a run in the team but I dread to think what it might look like if we give him one i'm not i'm not uh yeah i mean i don't think anybody is a big fan of Bellini at the moment um i would i, I just want to say something about the um yeah the, the 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 fringe players don't seem good enough but the times when they've been involved in the team there's been seismic changes and i don't know if you guys caught the arsenal score they went one nil out they lost right. to, to to forest and they they made not as many changes as we did but they were really disjointed as well and it's i think a little bit harsh to to say that all of them are not good enough but if you use one or two and not that we're in a, a position where we're we have the luxury of, of doing that because we need to rest our players there's lots of games coming but one or two coming in, Hill gets a start against a lesser Premier League time with a cohesive team around him. Then we might see better things from him. The Ndombele performance and and the Celso was pretty poor as well was more shocking because they have been involved in the main first team. 
<coughs> excuse me, got a frog in my throat. Uh, um, the main first team, and I haven't really performed. So it's one of those things, and and breaking down teams is well. I mean, we're going to have to get used to that as well. It's difficult when someone sits in that a team sits in that low block to break them down. We've had we've had it under every manager we've had, and and lots of lots of teams, top teams, struggled to to break down Premier League defenses. I think while it isn't very exciting to watch, if you play that game against Watford out 10 times, we win it nine times out of 10 playing the way we did. But it's it's frustrating when a team just sits back and you just got to pass it around, pass it around, pass it around. And we're not doing what Liverpool or Manchester City do, which is tear these teams to pieces. Like if you sit back too much and don't exploit the space that, that, that Liverpool and City might give you, um, then you'll just get absolutely destroyed by those two teams. But we're, we're, it's early days for, for Conte and um, I don't know how long he's going to be with us. F- five years, it'd be amazing, but it, probably a lot less than that. Um, but yeah, we've we've um, it's going to be a, a, con- a consistent pro- problem that needs to be solved. And um, I wouldn't have the first fucking clue how to do it. To be <laughs> Steve, how do you do it? What, what do you think? I mean, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to two things for me. One is you need to have alignment between, you know, the coaching staff and the sort of front of house, uh, you know, Levy, Joe Lewis, Parazzi. They need to have a concrete idea of how the team is going to play and what they need to make that successful. And prior to Parazzi, I don't necessarily think Spurs were set up that way. They were kind of looking for those shrewd buys, um, you know, some of the bargain players, somebody that they could get, uh, you know, who might be competitive uh, in the team, but not necessarily somebody who, um, you know, I think we've seen it a couple of times, even as far back as, as uh, Pochettino, where they were just buying players uh, that maybe they weren't exactly who was requested but it was you know it was a good deal at the time so let's go for it um and you know that sometimes it works sometimes you get like a diamond like a like a deli um you know back when deli was a diamond uh but more often not than this not, dreadlock guy right not, not dreadlock, dreadlock deli uh yeah but more often than <laughs> man not, mike you, old man mike yeah you end up getting <laughs> right. players who uh you know they don't fit the system uh or they do at the time, and then you sack the coach and you bring somebody else in who has a completely different system, uh, and you're not necessarily looking for the guys to play that way. There needs to be that cohesion between those those two sets. And I think uh, the relationship that, that Conte and Paratici have could potentially get us there, again, if Conte sticks around for for a little while. And I think the quotes that he had out there about how uh, – you know, it's not necessarily entirely up to him. It's, you know, whether or not the the club thinks that he's doing a good job and, and buys into his vision and, and the direction he wants to go. I think it's smart. I think the way he's approaching this is, is clever. Um, you know, he's got a short deal. So if, you know, Levy doesn't want to buy into it completely, okay, you wash your hands of it, move on, find somebody else who's more in alignment with what you want to do as, as kind of the financer. Um, but if you see the magic that he's working, like, I think a lot of us as fans recognize what he's bringing to the team so far, then it's okay. Let's extend your contract. Let's double down. Let's get you who you need and and build the team around what you're trying to do. The second thing that I think we desperately need. Um, and for some reason, this seems to be 
where a lot of managers, regardless of what team you're on, um, struggle. And that's benching players who just aren't performing, even if they're the best you've got. Um, and the reason that I mentioned this is specifically Sun. He's been undroppable for large stretches of, of the season, and rightly so. I mean, when, when Sun is on form, he provides something almost intangible to the team, whether he's directly involved or just dangerous enough to keep, you know, the defense guessing, you know, is it going to be to Kane? Is it going to be to Sun? Is it going to be, you know, to Lucas? And, you know, I've mentioned this before, when you've got defenders who have to think long and hard about which person to cover, it causes problems for them, particularly on a breakaway situation. Like we saw with Lucas and Kane today, um, when somebody's got a dip in form or they're fatigued from playing every single game, 90 minutes, then it becomes easier for the defense to recognize, okay, well, I don't have to worry about that as much. And, you know, you see people say for the Watford game in particular, Oh, but it was son that had the cross in an argument could also be made that if son had been subbed out and you had somebody fresh to go at them, maybe you don't need that cross because you've scored a goal naturally. Um, you know, it's a bunch of what ifs uh, that happen. And, and in my opinion, you need to be able to say, look, this guy needs a break. I've worked him to death. There's got to be somebody else. The problem that Conte has right now is there really isn't anybody that he trusts. I've, I've said this over the last few weeks. He's got maybe 14, 15 guys in the squad that he trusts to get the job done right now. And that's just not enough. Um, and Son's in a position where he does. I don't think Conte feels he can bring anybody else on. I think Hill is going to get his run out. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see what he does. But, you know, when you're going up against Chelsea coming up, Son's the guy you want out there, you know, 100 percent. Um, but it, it is difficult. You know, we, we were talking about Harry Kane under Nuno. He's somebody who kept getting thrown out there. And, and I think all of us were just begging for him to be dropped and, you know, get anybody else out there who wants to go out and, and, and do the job. Um, you know, managers don't like taking those risks. Um, but I think if, if you're going to turn the ship around at some point, you've got to, to take that risk. For me, with Spurs and Conte, I think the risk needs to be, you know, maybe taking a, a, a chance at a, a, you know, U23 guy. Let one of those guys come up there and, and you know, prove that they got it. Certainly not against the Chelsea or against an Arsenal. Um, but when you've got a game like today, like Morecambe, um, you know, I kind of wish we saw more academy guys on the bench, maybe one or two starting. Um, but, you know, if, if I'm those guys, if I'm uh, – uh, you know, who we have, uh, you know, whoever it is, if I'm looking at that team and the way they performed, I got to be thinking, look, if I just put my head down, if I do the work, you know, maybe I can work my way into that team. Uh, and if I'm Conte, maybe I'm starting to look at, at some of those players too, maybe giving them a, a run out. That's not really how he operates though, right? It's, it's not, but, but in my opinion, that's kind of what needs to happen because you're not going to get the four guys in the January transfer window to come in and, and replace who you find is dead weight. So where else do you look, right? You can't rely on the guys that we know aren't going to put the shift in. Like we said, I think Ndombele is probably done. He's probably not playing anymore after the attitude he's shown. You got to sub somewhere, right? And if it's not going to be Lo Celso, um, because he's, again, he was better than Ndombele, but I wouldn't say that 
he's worked his way into Conte's good graces yet. You got to find he, somebody else, right? He really, he really is. I, I still believe in Lacelso. I still believe there's a player in there. We get tweets. I get tweets quite a lot. So people saying he stopped talking about Lacelso. He's shit. But I still believe he's decent. I think he's okay. Um, and I've seen with the right again playing in the first team. Now he's back to fitness. We might see a better Lacelso than we have done previously. But certainly because we're playing more attacking football now. Um, but. Uh, all about just to just want to pick up on something you said about Son is that he's struggling somewhat in this system. You know, he's been asked to play to his back to his back. He's he's got so many good attributes, him and Son. But he's, his weakest part of his game is holding the ball up in um with his with, with his back to players or back to goal. And that three four three system with him playing on the left asks a lot of his limitations. Um and you're right, like playing essentially any significant moment we play, Son, or a game we play, Son and Kane are going to be playing every minute of it. And it's not ideal. And there will be injuries, especially muscle ones like you saw with with uh, with Son. And thankfully, it's not too bad, but so, uh, uh, during a bad period. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know, are you, are you guys hopeful? I'm really hopeful for what the next 18 months might entail, especially next season. I, um, let, let Dave speak to this because I, I, I know Dave has specific ideas about how uh, optimistic we need to be. So I, I just host. That's all I do. I, I just, no, he, just there, right? he just comes in here and tells us to talk. Yeah. No, I, I, I hey, know. Sometimes that he tells us to shut up. <laughs> I do. I do say that. Here's, here's my, here's my opinion is um, we have to take the long view on all of this, right? We, we have, we can't get bogged down. It's so easy watching a match like today when we, when we suck for the first half of the, of the match, it's so easy to just go off the cliff and, and, and say that the sky is falling, but, but we've got to play the long game. We've got a, uh, a manager who is among the best in the world. We've got players who are among the best in the world. Flav, I am interested in your, your Harry, Harry Kane take a little bit later. So if you don't yeah, mind yeah. me coming to that, I would love to hear it. Absolutely. But um, you know, I think I think since uh, since Nuno left and since Conte came, we have seen incremental progress. And I I think the thing we have to do, I say this every week, we have to manage our expectations. We can't get too high or too low. We have to look at the Conte era as hopefully a multi-year era where we see gradual progress. We know that this year that aiming for top four is achievable, but also a stretch. Um, we've been saying on on this pod. Fourth through seventh is probably where that team that started this year is, is going to likely land. And my hope is that it's more in the fourth or maybe even third range, but some things have to go really well for that, for that to happen. But I don't have I anything. Still, that, I still think that we're hitting fourth. We could, we could, but Hey, I, I look at today and I see, I saw the shop window uh, opened wide. I saw some players who sealed their fate as non-contributors moving forward and I saw some players who perhaps look attractive for a loan or, or a sell-off. Or we've been talking about Jaffet and uh, whether or not he, he fits the Conte system. You know, I think, I think he does not uh, love the fact that he's, he's one of our own. He's, he's a homegrown kid, but I don't think he fits what we're trying to do. And I think the team needs, or I'm sorry, the club needs to make positive business moves that, that um, do good for the club, do good for the squad, do good for the fans. And I think that's possible. I'm optimistic. That That's my overall overall take. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And the long view is really important. Um, and I, even when Conte took over, I was like, fourth is a stretch. But you look at the table now, 18 
uh, 18 games we've played. We've got two games in hand on Arsenal and West Ham. We win them both with four points clear in fourth. That puts us in a really good position. All we need, like if we beat Arsenal in the, the next week, that would be a major statement because we, although Conte's done very well, he's done incredibly, not, not, not very well. The transformation in Tottenham has been outstanding. Um, but it's probably not as good as we need to be in order to definitely secure fourth. So we'd need to get better in that. But and we, uh, we and we've beaten teams we should be beating, or not. And we should have beaten Liverpool as well. To be fair, people forget that. Like Conte hasn't been tested, but we played Liverpool, albeit a weakened side. Um, yeah, we should be hopeful this season. And if it doesn't, then it's philosophically sound to look towards next season as what can Conte do if uh, and, and, and actually it's more of a when he's backed I think properly in the transfer market um, I am starting to get a little bit anxious that we won't bring anyone in in this so you're starting to get a little anxious that we won't a little bit yeah, yeah I just yeah. I've seen this story play out so many times it's so um, spursy for, of us right yeah and we spent a lot of money in the summer like we we, we spent a lot so, you know Romero Emerson Royale Brian Hill um, who am I missing uh Romero, did I say Romero? Anyway, look, we spent about over 100 million. I know we brought money in, but it's a lot. It's a lot of money. We can't do that every transfer window, but it feels like we have an opportunity with Conte right now to speculate. If ever there was a time for us to be a little bit ballsy, it's now. It's not necessarily January, but it's certainly the summer. If I think we find ourselves in a weird situation, don't we? That we're all so excited about Conte. We're so excited about Conte that we're already mourning his, 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 him leaving. But we're all, all of a, it hasn't, I'm sure it's crossed all your minds about the idea that he won't get backed and he'll leave. He'll just say, oh, I'll leave. your club doesn't match, match my ambition, so I'm going to leave. And I think it all, it's completely normal to think that way. So we're just waiting on Daniel Levy to just do, not necessarily the right thing, but do the thing we want him to do. And he very rarely does that. <laughs> very true. Well put. Well put. Hey, I think it's time to pivot to uh, one of my favorite parts of the pod. Mike, are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, good. Because now's the time that I like to ask, hey, Mike, what you drinking? So, Mike, would you tell us what you're drinking tonight? Yeah, uh, today, dude, I got a, I got a special one for today. Uh, I, I went to Four Quarters Brewery yesterday. I did my uh, my chores and stuff that I do on Saturday, go to the dump and all that stuff. Um and then I had to go to Home Depot and, and get a few things. Um, and generally, when I do that, I stop at the I stop at uh, our friends at Good Water and you know have a beer uh, with Aaron. Um, and yesterday was great. There was nobody in there. I mean, what's, COVID's what's Good Water? Uh, Good Water is one of the craft brewer, one of the friggin' twenty craft breweries in the Burlington, Vermont area. Yeah, uh, Vermont's Vermont's kind of known for their uh, for their craft breweries. Um, so there's lots I, of good IPAs there. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. So the American IPAs is, if I had a choice to drink something, and often in England, American beer gets kind of like, you kind of, it's, we look down our noses at American beer, right? Cause, cause, cause light and, and just bug. beer, just beer or everything, Flav. Be with us. Well, yeah, I mean, like most, <laughs> most things. Most things. No, 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 just, but, but specifically, like, Budweiser and stuff. It's not. We don't drink it here, right? We don't but drink it here either. 
No, fair play, fair play. <laughs> that That's your America. big. This is the big export from in terms of beer, but the the American IPAs are outstanding. Like they're the be- My favorite. If I'm drinking ale or or beer or or lager, I'd, I'd always go for an American IPA. It's amazing. So yeah, so um, we have the the American IPAs are, are um, especially the ones on the East Coast. Your New England IPAs and uh, Vermont IPAs are are typically uh they have that super hoppy bitterness um they have that um citrusy kind of and you don't really sit you know think of new england and say citrus but they do they do use the hops in a way that just um blows your face off with with citrus and 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 i really appreciate that um about the ipa scene in vermont um the thing about good water that i love is that they have they have beers that um, aren't necessarily in that same mold. They do have some IPAs that are great, but um, they're red. Um, they're red. They're porter, also very good. Um, they made a really good pills. What they do really well is a is a uh, Kolsch style, um, which is kind of they used to do it only in the spring, but now in in the summer because it's good lawnmower type beer. They do. Um, they do it year round now because people were just flipping out about it and they would constantly run out. Um, they've only been around for almost four years now. So um, they're kind of young in the Vermont beer scene. Um, same with this brewery where I got this beer. Um, I was at four quarters yesterday and that's in Winooski. Um, they do a lot of different stuff too. They used to be based out of like this um, old auto mechanics garage. Um, they, completely reformed the place and cleaned it out and and put their brewery in there now they have a space that's big enough and it's and it's huge that they're serving food and all that now too so i went there for the first time to the new spot and they have this series called the maison series it's a it's a it's they call it the house saison um this one kind of caught my eye because um i had a conversation on a on a um on the extra inch discord uh with some folks uh, around thanksgiving about how cranberry sauce is not to be eaten as anything but a condiment yeah <laughs> we kind of tend to have it as a side around thanksgiving time well, not to be eaten period that would be my take but oh well Dave, not, Dave can... i'm not being fan what do you mean as a side like in a a big bowl of cranberry sauce yeah 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 like oh no no i love the i love i like the canned jellied cranberry sauce canned cranberry sauce yeah I've never, it's, it's insane we it's get it insane. in a pot it comes in like a little glass pot and you just you took your knife out and you just put a little bit on the side or yeah it's like a like jam right yeah it's not so it's, this is called yeah cranberry jam nice so I saw that and I said, I'm going to do this because uh, I'm sure it'll be appreciated by Flav. Um, this is a rum, <laughs> rum barrel aged Saison uh, that's uh, conditioned on cranberries. Now Saison's a, it's a beer, it's a, it's a French style, um, sometimes Belgian style type beer. And it's fermented at like high, super high temperatures. Um, so, so it gives that kind of farmhousey yeasty kind of character to beers yeah Um, it's not my favorite style my favorite style is definitely ipa or or the fizzy yellows the the lagers and pilsners Mm. um but i am gonna 
open this up. I, I rarely get beers out of bottles. Uh, you don't see that anymore just because shipping costs so much. And I'm going to pour it into a staunch glass. But well, do they come in like a can? Is it like just a tin, tin can? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Typically, same as... typically like 16 ounce cans. Do you know? Have you heard of the Yakima Valley in America? No. It's near Seattle. Anyway, my favorite beer is Yakima Red Owl, basically, and it's a okay. British, a British German American hybrid, and it's it's incredible. It's the, the best beer out there. It's red. Uh, it's like a fruity red beer. It's beautiful. Well, you're gonna love this because this looks like beet juice. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> This is red yeah, I remember I had a beer a couple of weeks ago yeah. that I was just fucking blown away by and that I had a reaction now. I don't have to have that reaction now because it's like the same color. Fuck yeah. That's like looks like a um like dark fruits. So you've had a dark strong bro dark fruits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all right. Cheers. Oh, it's super boozy. Uh, it smells super boozy. Um my wife makes fun of me, Vlad, because I smell my beer. Um, <laughs> I've, ne- that's I've never. That's the only thing she. Only thing so she that's makes as fun nerdy of as I get with my beers. But she, she, she. Whenever she tells the stories of how I drink my beer, it's always like I. She embellishes. Um, <laughs> but she makes fun of me for for doing that for smelling my beers first. But I I take it all in that way. I'm not going to give like this nerdy. Uh, this nerdy review. I usually read a review, but this is such a new beer that there aren't any aren't any big beer reviews on on the big beer review website so nice. i was disappointed at that i was looking forward to seeing how erotic some weirdo on the internet made this one sound <laughs> <laughs> they usually usually they'll talk about the thick lace that comes off the head <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> it's that's that's a common thing in the, in the beer world it's really fucking weird my, my thought is just drink your goddamn beer part of fun in it I um I love New England. I've never been right, but um Jaws is like my favorite film, favorite ah, book. There you go. <laughs> I, there you abs- go. I absolutely love it. And um I'm I've I've got at some point I'm gonna take a pilgrimage to New England, like and just around the coast and stuff. I don't know we'll, if they uh, we'll take you on a on a on a on a beer excursion if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. So just drink beer and try and find a great white shark. good combination uh, no question are they prevalent in that area of the world um yes well that's where that movie was filmed yes um so cape cod area that's off the coast of uh, massachusetts that's right my my parents were going to go there this year and take the kids on their vacation time and uh there was a lot of shark activity at the time. So I was flipping out. I, I like downloaded the shark finder app on my, on my phone. Cause I was freaking app. out. I don't want them going to this fucking water with the sharks. <laughs> There's a lot of shark activity from like the coast of Maine, all the way down through like Virginia. It's pretty I incredible. Imagine, I, imagine, I don't know how interesting this is for your listeners. So apologies, but what it, it gets cold there, right? Really cold. <laughs> Yeah. So in, the, other in the, day, the other day it was uh, it was minus twenty two Celsius. Yeah, like I I know a thing about sharks and great whites do like cooler water. But that is. Yo, oh, it's not as cold in Massachusetts, but like it, the water's always sixty degrees. Right. Like yeah, yeah. If you're in, if you're in, if you're in the beach, 
Yeah, the beaches in Maine. If if you're there earlier than July, like you are shivering in that in that ocean ocean water. That's just how it is. Do you, do you know if they do shark diving there anywhere on that coast? I think they have shark excursions. You can go shark fishing. Yep, I don't want to kill any of them. I just <laughs> no. They 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 do say they, they do uh, they do give you the opportunity to throw them back <laughs> to put them back. Uh, yeah. I just, I've got a dream of, of going shark diving and I've got to decide where or not to, in the world to do it. I bet you could, I bet you could find a spot. All right, boys. Well, you might be seeing me sooner rather than later. Perfect. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that for you. We'll, we'll be the outfitters, get you set Beautiful. up. Beautiful. All right, Mike, what's your, uh, what's your take on this thing? All right. So it's 4.4% alcohol. Um, I'm going to drink this beer in probably the next 15 minutes. That's cute, Mike. It's, it's definitely, it's huh? definitely house beer. It's a table beer, really 4.4%. Um, it's really super fruity. It's doesn't really have that, that yeasty, that farmhousey taste of a Saison. It does have a little bit of a bite at the back, at the back end, but, um, the cranberries are definitely way forward, almost no hops. Um, I enjoy this beer, even though I don't like typically like Saisons, probably because it's fruited, um, so on that i'll give it a i'll give it a 3.1 out of five um it's drinkable um probably good on a hot day i don't think it's good for this time of year even though it was bottled last week um <laughs> oh, you bloody love beer anyway oh i do love beer i really really do love beer i love all different kinds of beers um not a huge fan of like imperial beers Right, which tend to be super, super malty, super thick, boozy as hell. You know, between you know, a dinner beer. What's that? It's a dinner beer. You have it as a replacement. I don't know what I don't know what dinner beers and table beers are. I've never heard those expressions before. What does that mean? Dinner beers. It's it's like what Mike's describing, where it's just so heavy that like you could literally replace your dinner with it and just be satisfied. A table beer is a. Table table beer is like a session, like a session beer. Right, right, right. Um, there's a lot like I, I can't. I really hate Czech lager. It's, like, it's my worst. It's so uh, hoppy and fizzy, and it's just not my cup of tea. My dad loves it though. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. That's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of my 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 bag is the the German the German beers and uh, but the you know I I never liked IPAs until. Oh, probably about a decade ago, my friend turned me on to them. They eat because we used to get the English style IPAs, you know, super malty, yeah, um, super, super, super bitter. And I just did not, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't bring myself to. So finally, my buddy was like, just try it. So I tried um, Hetty Topper, which is the number one it, for years and years and years, was the number one, yeah, the number one beer in the world. Wow for three or four years and um it's that beer is such a classic new england vermont style ipa um it, it's just amazing it's pretty amazing i just nice. love the way that people have developed different kinds of beers and new kinds of beers over the years and yeah it's fascinating yeah yeah hey mike, hey mike dumb question sorry about this because i was spacing out earlier so um name of the brewery and name of the beer just so that i get it right later on uh four quarters um and cranberry jam 
cranberry jam. There we go. All right. And 3.1, right? Yes. And the funny thing is like yesterday, so I was getting these beers. I had a beer at the, at the bar. I turn around and these kids, these young kids, these college kids are talking about FIFA. And I'm wearing my Spurs cap. And I said, oh, don't ever use these guys in that game. And one of the kids was like, oh, shit. He goes, I love Spurs. And I was like, shut up. What the hell would I have just said that? <laughs> if it wasn't Shuts true. Up. <laughs> like nobody says Spurs. So don't um, you mock me. So How? I was just like, I started talking to these guys and I was like, hey, I got a podcast. Uh I got a podcast. And um, you know, I and I was like, You guys listen to any Spurs podcast? They're like, Yeah, we listen we listen to uh <laughs> we listen we listen to uh we listen to a- a- extra inch and uh and uh, what was the other one that they said? <laughs> the last one was not fighting. No, cock, there, was, there, was right? a, there was a different. <laughs> hold on, I, I had it, I had it looked up, and I. Plav, what's going on? You don't have the young kids locked up, man. What, what happened? We're getting old, mate. We're getting old, <laughs> right? Uh... right? Oh, Wheeler. It was Wheeler Dealer. Wheeler Dealer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's. So uh... and I was like, and and I was like, oh, I'm a close personal friend with of Wendy's. <laughs> Wonderful. They're like, the, they're like the fuck you are, and I'm like. No, I'm not really, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. So they, yeah, they 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 gave me a lot of shit in that, you know, as I'm walking out, I'm, I'm sure they're they're talking to this fucking old guy. Because these were 20-something-year-old kids just trying to have beers and I'm giving them shit about podcasts. On... <laughs> what uh what in terms of like the popularity of the clubs in Vermont, what who who would who'd it's... be like num- number one? And was it is it United City, Liverpool, Chelsea? Where did Tottenham rank? Uh, well, we have about, we have a, um, a supporters group here. So we have about 30 in the supporters group. Um, that's pretty large. Um, yeah, that's, and there are people that I, that I, that I come in contact with that, you know, aren't part of our supporters group at all. So, you know, I always encourage people and people are joining here and there every day, every week. I would say probably. There is a Liverpool bar um, that's down in downtown Burlington. Um, there, but it's always it's always spotty here and there. Um, I'm, I've met Newcastle fans. Um, Those exist. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but I there's a lot of Arsenal fans. A lot is of Arsenal fans. God. There's a lot of Arsenal fans and there's a lot of United fans. One of my best friends, a United fan. I deal with a lot of a lot of Liverpool fans from from work, and I think part of that is uh, proximity to Boston. You know, we're not that far away from Boston, so the whole Fenway ownership piece is a, right. is a factor there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Liverpool and, and honestly Arsenal. That, that's the unfortunate unfortunate piece. That sickens me. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Hey, let's do this. Uh, we're, we're we're creeping up towards our end time. We got a little bit more time ahead of us, so. I'd like to talk about the week or two ahead and then get to closing thoughts from you guys, but it's okay. So by my calendar, um, here's what we have coming up. Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, uh, between now and the 23rd of January. So uh, what do we see? What are we thinking? What are we worried about? What are we excited about? Anybody have any take? I mean, my take's the same as it was that, you know, Conte's got just a handful of people that he can really rely on to get the result done. And the fact that, you know, son's pulling a, uh, with a muscle injury is not really super helpful to us. Um, probably see a little bit of, of uh, Brian Hill 
maybe in that role, especially with uh, Bergwijn injured, I think. Uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on with him. Uh, I, I feel like the club has been using injured to cover a lot of different things lately. So I don't know if it's COVID related or, you know, a genuine injury, or maybe they're just, you know, not in his plans and they're calling him injured. Either way, this is probably the biggest, toughest stretch that we have for the rest of the season by far. Um, and I am worried about it for a couple of reasons. First, I really don't want to lose to Arsenal again. I, I really, really, really do not want that to happen. Um, but with Chelsea before then being down two nil and, and, you know, I'm sure Conte is going to want to fight for a result. I imagine it's going to be a strong lineup on Wednesday, and then he's going to have to rely on fatigued players on Sunday, um, who, if they're, you know, playing their heart out to try to get us a result on Wednesday, they're going to be tired for Sunday. And, you know, Arsenal's got Liverpool, I believe, coming up before then. They're playing on Thursday, which could help us. It could, it could. And it also helps that, you know, Liverpool are, are missing some big guns to, to AFCON. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, I, I think the Sunday game is probably going to be explosive simply because regardless of who each team lines up in the midweek fixture, uh, it's going to be an absolute shit show. You know, Spurs, if, if, Conte rightly rolls out the the best 11 possible. They're going to be pushing hard. If they're pushing hard on Wednesday too, there's going to be mistakes in that game. I think from both sides um, and it's going to turn into who can capitalize better. And honestly, I think the, the main factor as to whether or not we get one or two results over the next week is the availability of Eric Dyer of all people. Um, I think if Dyer's back uh, in that, that starting lineup and he's fit and he's capable of playing back-to-back games, uh, you know, kind of anchoring that, that defense, I think our, our chances of getting a result are much better than if we have to rely on anybody else in that position, um, which is kind of wild to, to think about. Um, but that's, it's the way it is, right? If we if we can line up Sanchez, uh, Dyer, and Davies back there, we'll probably have a better time than not. Um, then the question becomes: Can our our offense produce? I'm I'm not as concerned with the the midfield battle, to be honest, because have with a uh, party gone to Afcon as well. Um, you know, it it does leave Arsenal a little more vulnerable. Um, not so much Chelsea. I think Chelsea's probably got us beat in midfield right now. Um, but that said, I it, it's all going to be whether or not we can get Dyer back uh, to keep us defensively sound. And then is our offense going to be good enough? My gut tells me we're going to lose whether it's outright or on aggregate to Chelsea. And I think we might be able to get the results at arsenal and that kind of hurts me to say because i don't know that i necessarily believe that but um maybe it's maybe dave your optimism's rubbed off on me but i think the result is there if we do well enough and dyer's fit um 
if we roll out a, a, a defense without him, maybe Sanchez is, is the center back and we've got, you know, Tanganga again uh, on the right. I don't feel as comfortable, but um, I'm, that, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with crashing out of, of Carabao and, uh, you know, hopefully getting the result at Arsenal. Fair enough. Fair I enough. agree. What? I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I, I think that, um, I think that we have a two nil. I think we have a two nil in us at Chelsea, uh, or not at, not at Chelsea. It's at Tottenham. Um, I, I I think we have I, we have it in us. Um, I don't necessarily know that it'll happen. Um, again, yeah, it's all about that. It's all about whose midfield is going to boss that game. I think. Um, I think the fact that. Um, we have all this congestion. It might be good if we crash out. I mean, like, like I've said in the past, who fucking cares about Carabao? Um, uh, you know, it's the, the FA cup is, 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 is mine. Anything in Europe and FA cup are, are my cups that I, that I want the team to win. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm more concerned right now with the league. Um, Arsenal and the Leicester that the, the Leicester game is the game that got postponed, right? So yep. you get you get that stuffed in there, um, kind of wedged in there. It that congestion is gonna call for a lot of rotation. Um I I think that Brian Hill is working himself into into the lineup, and I think that's a good thing for uh for us in terms of resting players like Lucas Mora, um, having, you know, having Sonny out. Um, I don't think obviously you're not going to have a, any kind of a transfer happen until the end of the window, which is probably pretty typical anyway. Um, there's going to be a flurry of activity that happens. Um, but I, I really, I really think that we should start thinking about focusing on the league um, and not worry too, too much about these, these other cups at this point. Um, it's going to take Conte time to turn everything around. We've talked about that and, you know, we got to again, manage our expectations and, and not get too ahead of ourselves because we're going to end up hating Conte before, before the end of the season. Otherwise there's a we lot of hate, shit that has to happen. We don't want to hate Conte more than we hate ourselves. That's really what Dude, it that, guy, that guy's balls are so huge that like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like if I, give him any shit he's going to fucking come to my house he'll find you absolutely you probably enjoy that hey he'll Flav, find me in georgia vermont yeah yeah Flav, what's your take on the next uh next couple of weeks oh uh, okay everything the guys have said is fair um but i think we're going to beat chelsea on next wednesday i think we're going to beat them 4-1 nice. and we're going to go through and only and 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 i'm holding on to similar sort of ties we've had with them and against Arsenal in the semi-final of the League Cup, both of them. I don't know if you guys remember, but in the early 2000s, we beat Chelsea 5-1 at home. That's this was a Chelsea... ballsy, though, man. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, it's fine. Talk, talk about balls. Talk about big balls, man. Four, four, <laughs> four, one. Look, we look, Chelsea are a brilliant team, and we are miles behind them. But we have world-class players. We have a world-class manager. We are at home. It's going to be a completely different game than the one we saw at Stamford Bridge. And I think why not be positive? You know, obviously it hurts more when you lose, but I'd rather be hopeful and positive about what we can potentially get than than not. I do fear an idea of beating Chelsea and Liverpool get uh, Arsenal get through Liverpool facing Arsenal in the final of a cup competition is my kind of hell. I hate the game anyway, 
but something where the stakes are that high i dread to think but you know whatever we are uh we've got to attack this competition i think and i think we'll be arsenal at the weekend as well um what state we'll be in after those two games is another question like but there have been many, many times, or, or cer- certainly two or three times, where we have faced Chelsea and Arsenal at the same time, and uh, the uh, you know in succession, and beaten both of them. Um, and there's there's a precedent for us really turning up at home in the second leg of a semi final. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's not that there is any correlation between what we've done previously and what we can do on Wednesday. But we've done it before. Lesser teams have beaten better teams than than Chelsea, and uh, you know you've got to be hopeful. Um, I think you're right as well uh, about Roden. Uh, not sorry, Roden. Uh, Dyer and Sanchez. Um, it's we are a completely different defensive unit without Dyer in that mid in in the middle of the, that three. He's crucial, and it's mad. I don't know how many renaissance this guy's going to have. Hopefully, he'll just maintain this level of quality and we can just enjoy Eric Dyer. But this is a player in the summer. We, I don't think many of us would have been that bothered if he left. And now oh. and now he's, he's crucial, certainly without Romero. That's the thing, is you people forget as well. Like Romero coming back in with... I mean, he's going to be fresh. I don't know how match fit he's going to be. That's, that's a massive plus. So we've got a defender in Dyer. Davies and defenders in Dyer Davies and Sanchez were playing well in his absence to bring in a really quality high level centre back in there as well could actually see that could be really positive and the way Conte wants to play from the back and that, and that shows the limitations to people like Jaffet Tanganga who can't really play that role um, for for him to have Romero there and Dyer who are really comfortable on the ball it's, I feel like we may see something different from Tottenham just by having Romero in there. We'll see. I hope, I'm hopeful, hopeful of it. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that's it, more or less. And then obviously you've got Leicester away, I think, is it, after that? Uh, Leicester away, yeah, followed that's, by Chelsea again. Yep. Chelsea again, fuck's sake. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that, that game away at Stamford Bridge again is going to be a problem, but we get through that, get a point. You know, who knows? I'm, I'm still really excited about this season now. Good. Hey, boys, we are at uh, closing thoughts on, on today's pod. So, Steve, let's start with you. What are your closing thoughts to wrap it up? Uh, you know, ever since he mentioned it, that uh, sort of January anxiety is starting to creep in on me as well. You know, starting to hit the, the refresh button to see if there's any new rumors out there, because I would very much like anybody to come in as a reinforcement at this point. Um, I don't know if anything's going to happen. I think it needs to. I think we got to get somebody in um, just to freshen things up and and kind of sa- uh, satiate Conte it, a bit. Um, but I'm I'm still on board with Conte. I think he's working some magic. Um, I can see Conte is insatiable. I'm I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to try. You can't just you know do nothing, but uh, no, I mean, word I, satiate. I, uh, you're bringing out the vocabulary tonight, Steve. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is because I don't have a drink with me right now, so you know I'm a little more cohesive and a little less <laughs> rambly. Um, I'll save that for later. But no, I, I think you know if you, you got to give Conte something, um, you know, frankly the team needs it. It's not just about one person; it's about the team. The team needs some fresh legs uh, to, to get in there and challenge. 
um, whether it's Traore coming in, as, as has been rumored, or, uh, you know, people are, are hopping on that uh, Conte comment about the door being open for Ericsson as a potential return. Um, I, at this point, please, somebody, I just, <laughs> I, I want to see something. Uh, and honestly, I think we'll get something, but I, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little anxious myself now. That's, I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Mike, how about you? What are your takeaways tonight? My takeaways are, uh, at this point, I, I, I really just want to, uh, I want to get through this transfer window um, situation. It's, it's, it's maddening to think that everybody thinks that we're going to get every single player, every single minute of the day. I'm, I, I really just, I'm so sick and tired of it. Um, I think Flav had said earlier, like, you're at that point where like, I, I don't think we're getting anybody. Um, you know, Traore is on, Traore is off. Darty's going back to Wolves for Traore. Uh, um, you know, Flavich is going to fucking Newcastle. We got, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm over this. I'm over this, this whole January transfer window stuff. Um, it's, it's, maddening enough in the summer when there's not actual games to watch it's even worse now because i've got the game the games to, to kind of focus on and on in top on top of it that said i think that once we get through january we have um a, a tough enough february um but i i i always i i i keep saying that the main thing that you have to do as a team to be competitive and stay up there in that top, at least five or six, you have to beat those lower table teams that you're supposed to beat. You're supposed to, you have to beat them. Those mid table teams, you want to beat them. A draws. Okay. You know, those mid eight teams. And then those up, those upper table teams, the top five to five to one teams you just don't want to get humiliated because if you're getting humiliated by a team like that, it shows you that you don't belong in that spot. As far as I'm concerned, it's kind of, it's kind of like watching, uh, and this is something I do a lot of lives. I'll, I'll compare it to another, uh, another sport, another American sport that I am comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of like in baseball when you have a team that's playing in the, in the central division, uh, not to pick on your, team dave but right you can try uh, win a, the World a, Series week, a weaker division and they're bossing that division right so um and then they run into another team in a, in a strong division um in the playoffs what happens is that they get bounced out really early because that team probably never belonged there in the begin in, in the first place sometimes that team can luck out but my my thought is that like when you get to play those top four teams if you come up, if you come away with a draw or a win, then that is a plus, but you have to beat those lower and mid table teams. If you beat those lower and mid table teams or draw against those mid table teams all season long, then you're going to be up there in, in one of those, in one of those top positions, you're going to be battling for Europe every single time. Yeah. Like, next, I, next November, I'm going to remind you of those comments about my baseball team, just so you're aware. <laughs> Who, Flav, uh, bring us home. What are you? What are your thoughts, Flav? All right. Uh, I um, it's interesting listening to Mike because it's 
like the I don't know how long you've been following Spurs, but that oh, uh, since 2014. Right, so you've developed the mindset of a Spurs fan already, which is um, <laughs> that feeling, that that feeling of often of going into big teams and just thinking, let's just not get humiliated, like let's just put up a show. And while that isn't, if you look fair, into the history of the Red Sox, if you look into the history of the Boston Red Sox, you'll understand why I am the way I am. <laughs> right, right, okay. I, I I don't know anything about baseball. I can't believe you guys, the, the, but they play a game of baseball every day. Is that right? Pretty much. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking two mad. days off a week. It's, it's beautifully it's beautifully slow and and boring. Just dipping in 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 and yeah. out of it. Yeah, Absolutely. it's like yeah. I'm sure you guys have never watched cricket in your life, and why would you? But Never. No, no, fair enough. Uh, it's the same when we have the uh, Ashes or a big test. It's It lasts for five days. And providing you're, like England, are, and, uh, we are a, a poor cricket side at the moment, whereas we were number one in the world not long ago. But going away to uh, well, currently England are playing the Ashes in Australia. The Ashes are a competition between just two countries, England and, and Australia. And... Um, when you go away from home and play there, it's impossible. We've beaten them once in 35 years or something like that, right? It's, funny, it's, it's funny. My mother uh, came for – my mother and father went – my mother's a Yankees – or a Red Sox fan. My father's a Yankees fan. So it's like an, Ars, an Arsenal and Tottenham fans living in the same house, wow. married to each other. Yeah. So um, my, they went to London for the Red Sox and Yankees London series at the London Stadium. And my mother was sitting next to um, an English woman who knew nothing about baseball and trying to teach her about the game. My mother's a big, big baseball fan. And um, she had to apologize because the score at the end of the third inning was 10 to 8. And you don't get scores like that in baseball. Right. And my mother was like, is this going to be a four and a half hour game? And she said, oh, don't worry, love. I'm a cricket fan. <laughs> yeah. So, so when, when that makes complete the sense. The ring's true. Yeah, 100%. Like I, when, when, the, when the Ashes were in England like two summers ago, I would sit down and I blocked everything out and I would sit down at 11 a.m. to play started and it would finish at about half past seven at night. And there might only be one team batting in that entire time. And I'd sit and just drink beer all day. It was terrible. My missus would come home from work. I'd be just pissed on the sofa <laughs> watching cricket. It's an amazing sport. It really is. Anyway, um, I can't, why the, what was I talking about that? um you're talking about the longevity of baseball and how it takes so long you don't understand yeah no yeah i don't understand why 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 it plays you can play every every game but um what i have been looking i I watch a lot of documentaries about american sports i I don't understand basketball i don't know if you've got any uh any um any uh, uh basketball are you basketball fans i'm a lakers fan yes Sure. And I grew up. I grew up in Chicago when Michael Jordan was at, at his prime. So yeah, wow. Chicago Bulls fan. So I appreciate how talented these guys are and how skillful a game that is. It's probably the most skillful game you can play, right? What they do. But I don't know anything about it, and I will never sit down and watch an entire basketball game. I can't. It's just I don't. It's, there's too much sport in the world anyway, right? But um, I do watch documentaries about basketball all the time, and I watched one. I don't know if you guys. Knew know about this, but Stephen Headache Smith does that. Do you know that guy? Stephen, he, Stephen uh, A. Smith uh... Headache. No, no, no. He's a he was a basketball player uh, for Arizona State, and he could have made it to the NBA, but he threw games um, through betting. 
It's incredible. Oh, really? Yeah. really? I, I watched it last night. It was oh. it was fantastic. It was check it out. I don't know if it's on US Netflix, but it was over there. Um, sorry, what was I talking about? What, what did you ask me? What did you want me to say? Just closing thoughts. Anything to wrap us up for for uh, this time together? Yes. Uh, well, thanks for having me on again. That's that's been yeah. it's been an honor. Um, I think fundamentally, this is an exciting time. If you look at where we have come from and the football we were playing under Nuno was among the worst. It was worse than Jose Mourinho. I had we had the worst month in was it October? Yeah, I think, no, September, that I've ever experienced as a Spurs fan. And I've been watching them since the first game was in 1984. That month of getting beaten 3 0 by Palace, 3 1 by Arsenal, 3 0 by Chelsea, and 3 0 by, by Manchester, Manchester United. You, I was watching it and thinking, this is unbelievably, this is so bad. I just haven't experienced this before. It was, it was awful. It probably have been worse statistically months on record, but for what I, from my experience, it was just dog shit. And um, and Conte's come in and within, you know, he's unbeaten in the league. We've lost one game in that time. Uh, I don't know, so two games, including Chelsea, but also Mora, which doesn't really count. Um, and, you know, we're unbeaten in the league. And that is huge amounts of progress, the exact same team. And we are beating those teams we should be beating, which we weren't before. We did draw and should have beat Liverpool. We could have beat them handedly. 5-2, we could have won that game. Easy. So there is massive progress. And and, and, and I think we've got to do our best to ignore the narrative around the club about Conte and signings and Daniel Levy being too uh, shrewd and, you know, unwilling to speculate and just enjoy this this, this transition because this is the good bit, right? This is the bit where we're building towards something that's going to be better than it is now but we're going to enjoy it on our way. And there may be tough games. The Chelsea, two Chelsea games are going to be tough to sit through. The Arsenal game is going to be the hellish thing that North London Derby always is. But you get through these games, you might pick up a couple of good results, makes you feel any better. And then, um, and then we build towards next season. And that could include Champions League football next year, which makes things, makes spending a lot easier. So we've got one of the best coaches in the world at our football club. We shouldn't have him. We shouldn't, be in a situation where we managed to get Conte to join us. Whatever masterstroke, whatever they did, Paratici and Daniel Levy, whatever they did was an absolute masterstroke to get him in. Now, I know there are a lot of dissenting voices towards Daniel Levy, and I can understand why that where people are coming from. I, I, I think that he's done a good job, but I can understand why people are frustrated with him, right? But whatever he's done poorly in the past, this was a great appointment. So we're in this situation now. It's, it's fair to believe that he will back Conte and Conte will get some of the players that he needs in order to transform us. And we could be in for two of the greatest years we've had in living memory. So be excited. Absolutely. Yeah, well, very well put. Hey, to wrap it up, um, Mike, thanks to you. Thanks, Steve. Flav, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been, it's, it's been a pleasure. And and just, just truthfully, listening to you tell the story about how you started out what you do when we decided to start podcasting, we were just doing it for ourselves just to have fun and talk about something we loved. And we picked up a couple people along the way that like to listen to it. But ultimately, that balance between um, giving people something to listen to and enjoying our time together is is great. And so I appreciate you modeling that in, in what you do. So much appreciated, much respect. And uh, as always, quiz, 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 quiz. Thanks for uh, 
Thanks for being together. And uh, Mike, close it out. Be safe, everyone. Get your vaccines. Uh, that one was for Steve. Go out and get jabbed. Why not? Get a booster, too. Have fun with it. Take a day off of work. <laughs>